We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, there's some teams sitting at 0-2 that they, like, it's expected. This is a team that probably doesn't even want to win, and then there's other teams that have much higher expectations this year. And I think that's really the difference right now. In a league like the NFL, Trista, where you... You know that at 0-2, it's not the end of your season, but it's not a great start. And every game matters so much more in the NFL than than any other one where you can get two games two weeks into the season and say, oh, this team's in trouble or, oh, this team still has a shot. It matters that much more. Yeah, and once you get to 0-3, I mean, that's really why it's kind of it's game time because when you're 0-3, you're basically not making the playoffs. That's just it. That's statistically... It's like 98% success rate of you failing. Since 1979, all the way back to 79, NFL expansion, six teams have made the playoffs starting 0-3. That's six teams going all the way back to 79. I'm not going to do the math. However many years that is, Scott, you can tell me if you want. Trista, if you guys want to do the math, I don't care. That's like uh, 79. Uh, 44 years. Good to go. See, there you go. This is why I have you guys around because I can't do the math. Not going to do it. 80 to 20 plus 4. Only one team that's gone 0-4 has ever made the playoffs. That's the 92 Chargers. And even if you look at 0-3, like 0-3 or 0-2 even matters. So 11% of teams... 31 of 270 that have started 0-2 have actually turned things around and made it to the playoffs. So it's just bad starts in the NFL season make it really difficult. Now, we did see the Bengals obviously do that last year, and they're a team that's 0-2 again. But, like, if you look at a team like the Cardinals right now, right? We just talked about the Bears. Bears don't expect to be 0-2. Trust so the Cardinals want to lose. Like, let's, let's be honest here. They traded for Joshua Dobbs, a guy that kind of knows a little bit with an – like – this is a team that is looking at that number one overall pick and saying, you know, Kyler Murray, we might be able to trade him and get ourselves Caleb Williams if he actually comes out of college. They are absolutely trying to tank this year. 0-2 should not be a surprise. They are 100%. It's not panic. It's not patience. It's keep riding this wave and losing football games. That's what patience is, baby. You just I guess so. I guess it lose. would be patience. You just continue to lose <laughs> and ride it out, and you compete, and you try to give things uh, little moments in, in the film room that you can build on for next year or the year after. But in the, these grown men want to win, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but it's just not happening. You don't have a serviceable core of talent. So... You don't have a wide receiver room outside of Hollywood that you really can rock with. So, yeah, it's it's patience. Absolutely. They're, what is it, plus 3,000 to, to make the playoffs. Don't want to dabble on that at no, all? No, <laughs> minus 10,000 to miss the playoffs. Um, their win total now is 3.5. Juice to the over, actually, at minus 120. Probably would take the under at minus 105. They might not win a game. They might win one game. They might. I mean, if they're, if they're blowing leads the way they have the first two weeks of the season, I mean, it was one thing against Washington, but it was even worse against the Giants. I mean, look, teams don't, like, players don't tank, teams don't tank, but front offices do, right? Like, you're just going to put out bad players. That's what it comes down to. Those bad players are going to go out there, and they're going to try to win. They're just not that good. Yeah. And they're just not going to win games. So you look at them, and you see a team... The Cardinals are cooked. This is where they wanted to be. We knew this is what it was going to be. There's a reason why their win total right now is sitting at three and a half. It is what it is. The Vikings, though, it's a little bit different. So the Vikings are in a spot right now where you've also got the 0-2 Chargers this weekend. You've got the Vikings, you got the Chargers, and you got two teams right now that are in absolute desperation mode. 
Now, it's basically a pick The total's 54 in that game. Vikings are at home. I look at the, the Chargers as a team that could even be more desperate because we expected some level of regression, and I think if they're honest with themselves within that organization, they expect a little bit of regression in Minnesota. But the Vikings at 0-2 losing to Tampa, you lose at Philadelphia. They're plus 260 to make the playoffs. Win total sitting now just 7.5. They have no defense. They did trade for Cam Akers. Don't know what he's going to be. They can't run the football either. One-dimensional. It's nothing but Justin Jefferson as much as they possibly can or TJ Hawkinson. They've got to do something. They still are in a spot where they can win that division. Let's say it, eight, nine games, depending on how the rest of it shapes up. But for me, I look at a team that has low expectations. We expect the regression. And I guess I would throw out patience only because they have an opportunity to still make the playoffs. But if they lose to the Chargers this weekend, they're cooked too. The Vikings are a team that consistently gets into their own way. They're almost the exact, they're the football equivalent of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And a team that's got talent, a team that you expect to be good, a team that sometimes even goes up against formidable opponents. Like, they looked very good at times against Mm -hmm. the Eagles. You thought to yourself, oh, yeah, I mean, they could beat the Eagles tonight. And they just shot themselves in the foot. And they did that in week one as well. So... You look at the Vikings and you say, I feel like this team could be good. I feel like they, defensively, obviously, they're awful. My question is this. If they go 0-3, do you then start thinking (laughs) about moving on from Kirk Cousins? I know exactly where you're going with it, yeah. He's in a contract year. You also have Daniel Hunter also going to be a free agent. So then do you just tear it down? Or do you continue to rock? My reluctance to think that they're going to rip it down to the studs is that they just traded for Cam Akers, which means there's almost that last, <gasps> that gasp this of is life. This, this is, is it, it right here. We got to make a move. If they win this game, if they win this game, they make the playoffs. If they lose this game, they trade Kirk Cousins. And I think that's fair. Cam Akers is maybe that not only the last gasp effort, but also just a maybe you even move on from him again and you sell off and get rid of Kirk Cousins and complete like it's a almost like a a one game desperation effort which is one hell of a game to be in a desperate spot because the Chargers are also badgers in a box they're also 0 and 2 they're putting up points on points on points Justin Herbert's a lot better uh than I think a lot better than Kirk Cousins but Kirk Cousins has been balling been balling. Cousins has had, listen. He's had an awesome year. Cousins dealing with a depleted offensive line and no run game whatsoever has actually played pretty well given the circumstances. But yeah, the the Chargers offense has been putting up points. It's defensively for both of these teams, which one makes me love the over this weekend. 55. Love the over in this. I think BetMGM, if I just saw it, did BetMGM have a 54? BetMGM's got a 54. Don't you go changing that number yet. Give everybody a chance. We got a 54 here. I would take the over on that. But I mean, think about this. Like, you had just 69 total rushing yards, nice, uh, for the Vikings through the first two games on the ground. Like, everybody knows you're going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. As good as he is, at some point, like, yes, he can catch just about everything, but if you triple-team the guy, it's going to make it that much more difficult. If the Vikings lose, yes, I think they start at least fielding calls on Kirk Cousins, and I'm sure the Jets will make that call. If the Chargers lose, Brandon Staley's gone. That's Gotta it. Gone. He's a defensive-minded head coach, and this defense is terrible. Like you brought in a you brought in an offensive coordinator to fix your offense. Offense looks pretty good right now. I would say Kellen Moore has done a good job with what the Chargers have right now through the first two games. 
But if you're looking at a team that's that bad defensively, if you're the Chargers and your head coach is a defensive-minded head coach, they're the first team in the Super Bowl era. So we're going back to 1966, the Chargers. That's winless through two games, despite scoring 50 or more points with no turnovers. They're not turning the ball over. They're scoring points. The defense has just said, here, would you like to get in the end zone? Please, we've got an open spot for you. That at 0-3, when your season is pretty much on the line, Brandon Staley's got to go. That's why I'm almost more confident about the Vikings than I am about the Chargers. Because the Vikings are just turning the ball over like crazy. And I don't necessarily think it's all on the defense that are forcing these turnovers. A lot of it has been bad luck. You've got fumbles. You know, you got the sack fumble, which is really not Kirk Cousins' fault. Alexander Madison, he'll not touch the ball again probably ever on a football field. So, pause. <laughs> um, so, you think about the Vikings, you're like, wow, a lot of self-inflicted wounds. We can mm-hmm. clean up. What can the Chargers clean up? What exactly can they do? They just have to be better all around. Now, I will say the pass rush was a little bit better against Tennessee. I mean, they did have five sacks, and they did have some short field goals. Their drives ended with some short field goals last week, too, against the Titans. So, like, they didn't finish drives the way they could have. So I don't want to sit here and act like this offense is perfect by any stretch. But the offense has been what's kept them in games. It has not been the defense. Right. And, yeah, I see a desperate team in the Chargers right now. And I look at this and go, you just have to figure out maybe who's more desperate between these two. But that's interesting that you look at the Vikings in that sense. I mean, maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's a less, there's less pressure on them because the expectations are lower. But Brandon Stale, do you notice this? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Like, he's not taking those risks that he used to. He's been punting on fourth and short right around midfield. When in the past, he's going for it on, like, fourth and long from his from his own side of the field. That feels like one of those... I don't know if you've ever been, you know, pulled into a room, a Nick, as a talent. I don't know where this is going, but I'm interested. And they're like, listen, (laughs) listen here, Nick. We love you and everything, but you can't be doing any of that nonsense that you've been doing. Oh, getting called to the principal's office? Oh, yeah. Hey, let's just, we love you. Love you. Feel very comfortable with you. Uh, We'd love to keep you around. But then they say things where you're like, would you like to keep me around? Because you just said something where it kind of sounds like you're willing to go in another direction if I don't do what you're asking me to do. I can't say I've had that, but I have had the, yes, I've had the, like, I've gotten scolded for things I've said on the air. Yes, scolded. Yes. Maybe you're working for someone and you're talking bad about the Wizards, and it's like, yeah. Wow, you just nailed that right on the head there. Let's just take the hammer and just bang that down. Hey, they lost 50 games that year, Trista. (laughs) I wore a poop emoji on my face. That's a true story. I had to do something. You know, Ted would really appreciate, Nick, if you just didn't say that Bradley Beal needed to be traded. And so for Brandon Staley, (laughs) it's like... Man, you nailed that story. Just on it. God, I'm having flashbacks right now. And it's like, Brandon, we love you. Uh, We love how aggressive you are. But if you're inside your own 20, you're not doing a damn thing but punting the ball on fourth down, okay? You know, you get to midfield, we'll talk about it. And so that's why I think he's not himself, is that it's very clear that people are in his ear and what he can and cannot do, and his job is on the line. And so Mm -hmm. he He's changing himself to prevent being fired when really that might be the reason he gets fired. I mean, the, I'm all for coaches taking risks. Like, you've got to have some level of, of a balance between risk and reward. But, like, if it doesn't pan out and then the one thing that you're all so good at that you're the best at 
that your background is in, He's not doing you're not doing anything and the team's not succeeding in that area, what good are you at that point? Why are point? you even here? Kellen Moore is the interim coach the rest of the season. He's auditioning for head coach. We all looked at him as a potential head coach at some point anyway. I'm sure he took this job thinking that was the case. Oh, I'm sure they told him it was the case. He probably did behind the scenes. Like, hey, look, this Brandon Stanley guy's kind of getting tired of him. He's not really doing a good I'm job. I'm saying you have the job. Meanwhile, if you're Sean Payton, you could have waited one year. You probably would have had this job, Goodness. too. Would have rather had that over the Broncos. Sean Marash helps us look ahead. Niners, Giants next on BetMGM Tonight.